Hey legends, welcome back to day four of my 30-day podcast episode challenge. It's turning out that the biggest challenge is actually introing this show because of that stupidly massive name I gave it. But today we're doing a mix of two different templates, predominantly the funny story template. And the secondary template is the old content revisited template. So if you're just joining me for the first time today on day four, both of these templates were taken from David Hooper's new book, 101 Podcast Episode Templates. So for a funny story, and I know this show's super meta because it's revolving around podcasting about podcasting, and I'm going to tell a story about podcasting about podcasting. Hopefully it still stands up as being funny. It was at the time, and my voice sounds very sibilant, so I'm sorry about that. It's about half past five in the morning, and this is the first time I've spoken today. So I told a story back in 2017 to an absolute gentleman and a great interviewer himself, Tim Sinclair, on his show, My Worst Interview Ever. So Tim was doing that show for the company Ringer at the time that some of you may be familiar with. It's a podcast recording platform, a double-ender type platform, and I'm not sure I can tell this story today much better than I did then. I either nailed or Tim either edited really, really well because I just listened to it and I'm like, uh, I was going to just refresh my memory and retell the story, but he edited that so well, it sounds so great, and he's such a great interviewer and dug into little bits and pieces of the story that I'm just going to share that little chunk today. So that's the old content revisited element of the template, and hopefully you find the story funny. So I won't be back at the end of the episode, but I will be back Monday with day five of our little challenge here. So if you want to email me, let me know what you're thinking of the series so far, joshuacliston at gmail.com or at deadsetpod on all the socials. Righto, guys, we'll jump in with Tim. And yeah, this story is probably not what you're thinking if you haven't heard it before. Righto, here we go. As is always the case on this show, we try to talk to some of the world's uh, all-time greatest interviewers about their all-time worst interviews. And my favorite part of the show, of course, is always hearing the story behind the worst interview and, and what exactly happened. We've had a, a wide range of catastrophes, but but Joshua, you have uh, another one, I think, and perhaps even another category to add to the mix for us today. There's a bit of background, I guess, to this story. My first band actually played a gig with a particular band that was a lot bigger than us and their singer was a very eccentric guy and he's a pretty interesting guy and I got the chance to talk to him after a live show and I thought, ah, oh, he would be a pretty good guest for my podcast. It was brand new and I thought, ah, oh, if I get this guy on there, it might get, you know, a little bit of traction. So I organized the interview having kind of known the guy and the first five to ten minutes were amazing. He was a lot funnier. He was really switched on. He just had this great knowledge of so many different things. And I was thinking, oh, this is going way better than I expected. I can just basically sit back and relax here. This is going to be a bit of a pleasure cruise of an interview. <laughs> and then at about the 10 minute mark, he accidentally turned the camera back on on his laptop. And he must have, let's just say, indulged in some form of mushroom soup <laughs> at, <laughs> at, at some point, which to be honest, when I first met the guy, I thought maybe he was accustomed to his circumstances, so to speak. He was very good at uh, he was very, very good at functioning while maybe being under the influence of many different compounds. 
And I don't think that's probably too unusual for uh, at least some in in the rock scene. Yeah. But to to have the v- the video of that, I'm really <laughs> really <laughs> interested to see where yeah. this goes. So just for some context on what type of band they were, if you can imagine a mix between a early '90s Sega game mixed with maybe some Genesis and some Pink Floyd, those three <laughs> things smashed together and made into like a video game soundtrack. That's basically what the band sounds like, and yeah, he turned his camera back on, and I don't think he truly understood what was actually going on, and his <laughs> eye, his eyes just started essentially rolling around in his head. He couldn't look at the camera. He kept standing up and walking around his house. He couldn't sit in one spot for more than about five seconds, and obviously there was a lot of noise, and I was starting to stress out, but what made the interview bad wasn't what he was doing because he was obviously really used to functioning in that way. He was completely comfortable with being under the influence of, of whatever he was on, and I wasn't used to that. So the actual thing about the interview was that I was really bad because it completely <laughs> threw me off. Yeah, and I just couldn't concentrate, Tim. I was completely lost. I didn't know what to say. And let's just say the conversations got weird after that. <laughs> so so he's, he's wandering around his house, doesn't know his camera's on, and so you, I, I'm guessing in some way, shape, or form, are... are are seeing where he lives, seeing what he's doing. What were you able to see? Well, the thing was that he didn't really stay in one spot long enough to actually give me a good idea of what was going on. I saw a lot of the backs of couches towards his kitchen a lot, which was actually spotlessly cleaned, which I was also a little bit freaked out about. I got a little bit distracted at different times about how clean the house was. (laughs) So I'm not sure if he was living by himself or not, but it was just such a strange circumstance because he was so comfortable being that way, and yet it was really an odd interview. <laughs> so so you're, you're basically, you've admitted to me that the guy you were interviewing was strung out on, on some sort of, of drug, and yet he was able to do a better interview than you were? Is that, is that what you said? That's absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> he was amazing. So I've been around people like that before that have been heavily influenced and, you know, they're slurring or they can't make a coherent sentence or they just get completely lost in the middle of a sentence and change topics. He was very focused and completely used to it. And it was just really his behavior and the look on his face, yeah, was putting me off. So, (laughs) Well, this drug-free episode of My Worst (laughs) Interview Ever is brought to you literally and figuratively by Ringer Today, where you can record a conversation with anyone, anywhere in the world, on any device, and have it sound like you're in the same room at the same time. Joshua and I are doing that right now from the U.S. and Australia, respectively. Usually we have some sort of uh, takeaway, some sort of tip or trick of, you know, how do you avoid the pitfalls of the interview that was so bad for you? Other than losing concentration, I'm not sure what else you could have done, <laughs> could have done here, Joshua, but uh, do, you, do you have any thoughts on ways that you might have been able to handle it differently or that you could share with others who, who might, I don't know who would find themselves in the same situation, but who might find themselves distracted during their interview? As far as that particular situation goes, I'm not sure that there's any advice that I could give relating to that, but I, I do find... The number one trick that I've found with interviewing other people, and I don't really understand why I'm on this show because I'm certainly not one of the world's greatest interviewers, so thanks again (laughs) for for inviting me, (laughs) but I think that you need to be 100% invested in either your guest as an individual or the topic around which you're talking about, not just partially invested or partially interested because as soon as things start to go a little bit into boredom territory, 
if you're not 100% into the guest or your topic, you're going to find yourself getting lost or distracted or not concentrating. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. It's uh, it's easy enough to get distracted when you are interested. Uh, yeah. So if uh, if you only have a passing interest in the person you're talking to or what you're talking about, yeah. uh, it could yeah. certainly be easy to wander. Guest selection is probably the thing that I think is most important. You really need to pick people that you're truly interested in or they speak about something you're really interested in. So yeah, guest selection is something I put a lot of work into. What does that look like for you? Uh, is that a lot of uh, research in advance in terms of scouting out guests? Is it simply going after people that you already know and have a relationship with? Uh, what, what does that selection process look like for you? Well, yeah, I don't really have a hard and fast rule, I guess, but with people that say it's an author for The Deadly Arnold, which is more an interview style show, or a lot of it's actually monologues, but when I do have a guest... I have to have read the person's book at least twice because once to understand what they think and the second time is an indication to me as an individual that I actually really value what the person thinks. So that's, I guess, the acid test for that show. And otherwise, I only have people on my shows where maybe we've had an exciting conversation about something similar more than one time. If it's basketball or TV shows or books or philosophy, if it's just a one-time conversation or a one-time tweet, back and forth or whatever, that's probably not enough to qualify someone as an interesting guest to me. It has to be something we both share a lot of conversational passion about. So yeah, they're probably not great rules, but I follow those and they work pretty well for me. So, Well, a lot of uh, interviewers uh, don't read the book once, much less twice. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so sounds like that's a pretty, pretty good uh, litmus test uh, for you. And obviously if it's worked, it, uh, it proves that it is. 